As God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all of these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Oh God, as always, we pray for insight and understanding into who you are and into who we are and also into the relationships you're calling us into with you, with ourselves, and with each other. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's great to be back uh, with you this week. As you may know, if you've been here, we are in the midst of our summer series looking at the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians chapter 5 where those nine elements or attributes of the fruit are outlined. Uh, that is our theme text, and today we were looking at Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. And so in previous weeks, we've talked about love and joy and peace. And last week, Michelle uh, taught us about patience. And you can find all those messages on adventhope.org, on video and audio. And we hope that uh, if you haven't had a chance to, that you'll get caught up with those. And so today, we are looking at the attri attribute uh, of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness uh, is our theme today in Colossians chapter 3. Again, I'm glad to be back with you. I saved up all of my illness from the pandemic and did it all in one month. So I was sick three times uh, in the last month, which is crazy. COVID once, I waited as long as possible, and then two colds. So four years, no sickness, and then one month, all three. So it's really great to be back with you. And last week, I had the opportunity to be, uh, despite being a little under the weather with a cold, at summer camp. Does anyone remember summer camp? I never went to summer camp as a kid, but so I went last week in Maine, and we were in the woods, I mean, off the grid. Like, they didn't even have a phone service up there, so there was no phone, no internet, which sounds more relaxing than it is, because you know, if you know that people may be trying to get in touch with you, uh, it's a little disconcerting to be completely off the grid. So anyway, that's where uh, we were last week, but it's great to be back here in uh, New York, as much fun as we had in Maine. Great to see everybody on Zoom. Brian, good to see you. Brian is back in, back in Florida after a great trip. Hope you had a great trip to New York, Brian. All right, awesome, and uh, great to have everybody here. Again, we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit, and our theme today is kindness. And so followers of Jesus are instructed on our text of emphasis to clothe ourselves with kindness. Kindness is to be one of those essential attributes of what we are as followers of Jesus. And so uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Kindness has been described as, as love in action. Uh, when we're kind, we're, 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 we, we do things that are caring for other people. But actually the word that uh, Paul uses here to describe kindness is not just talking about the acts of kindness, but it's talking about being a kind person, being full of kindness, thus the idea of clothing oneself. Now, this is not the only place, of course, in the New Testament where we hear this idea of being a kind. Jesus in Luke chapter 6 describes kindness in this way. He says, love your enemies, do good to them, and, 
uh, lend to them without expecting to get anything in return, then your reward will be great and you will be children of the Most High because God is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. In fact, most of the time, the times that kindness is referred to in the New Testament, it's actually talking about God. And so kindness is an attribute of God. Paul, who wrote Colossians, this letter that we're looking at, Colossians chapter 3, and also wrote Galatians, he talks about kindness in 1 Corinthians as well. And he says this, love is patient, love is kind, it doesn't envy, it doesn't boast, it's not proud. And so Paul is clearly identifying this idea of kindness as love in action. Love is, or kindness is, is love put into, it put into work. And so again, the root word that uh, from the ancient Greek that we look in and, and is translated as kindness here is found throughout the Bible. Again, often talking about the, the character of God, a God who is kind, but we see again, it's not just an act, it's a, it's a sense of being, like a kind person. God is calling us, Paul is calling us as followers of Jesus to be kind people, to be full of uh, kindness. Uh, Jesus used this word that's translated in, in, as kindness in several other places. Matthew chapter 11, 3, Jesus says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is life. The word that is, is light, my, the word that is translated as easy is the same word that is translated in other places as kind. And so the idea of kindness is that you're easy, you're easy to get along with, you're caring, you're, you're loving. The Greeks use, use the word kindness to describe fine wine. So when they want to talk about wine and, and it being smooth and, 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 and agreeable, they use this idea of kindness. And so we're to be smooth and not offensive and not a, abrupt and, uh, and to, to, to be winsome to people. This is the idea behind kindness, the part of the fruit of the Spirit. And so I, a question for you, a question I thought about myself as a parent today, how, wh when can you think of an experience when someone embodied kindness uh, to you? So as I was thinking about that question and thinking about the subject of kindness, I thought back to a kind of tragic day in the Stout household. I was in college, 24 years old, living with my family, my parents, and my sister was in a, a tragic accident. She was killed. She was a missionary in Taiwan. She was 21 years old. And so incredibly tragic uh, event. And uh, we were on a university campus. My dad was a professor, and my sister had been a student there. And so there's this great outpouring of love from the community. But there's one couple that I remember uh, very particularly. I actually don't know their names. I don't even know who they are. All I know is that once the tragedy happened, they just showed up day after day and cleaned our dishes. So you can imagine a grieving uh, family, parents who had lost their their daughter, and this family just came and expressed kindness by just, I, again, I don't even know who they are. They weren't, they weren't, they weren't uh, asked to come, they just came and served. That's one of the great memories of someone expressing kindness, someone being kind in a tragic situation. It's, I'm sure that all of us can think of times when we've experienced the kindness of Jesus. Jesus working through people to be kind. So according to God's people, we are to be clothed as followers of Jesus, for those who have confessed faith in him, we are to be clothed with kindness. I kind of like this idea of the metaphor of being clothed, that's something you put on. The idea here, again, is emphasizing that this is not just a single act, but it's people 
again, who are followers of Jesus, who wear kindness all the time, who are clothed in it. It's not just something you do on occasion when you feel good or to the people that you like or to your friends or to your family. We're always clothed with kindness. Unfortunately, unfortunately, the reality is that for many Western Christians, this is not what we're identified as, right? I mean, if you took a poll of, uh, of what people feel about Christians, let's say in this, this country, kindness probably wouldn't be that high on the list. Uh, Christians are known for all kinds of things. They're known for having uh, uh, various political views, uh, views that often are about like uh, 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 self-authority and uh, individualism. Uh, kindness is not always at the top of our list. In fact, in fact, oftentimes we're promoting things that are almost uh, uh, antithetical to kindness. We use militaristic language. We talk about winning and fighting, and uh, these are not terms of, of kindness. So unfortunately, Christianity, at least in the Western context, is not always associated with kindness, which is sad since Paul is inviting us as followers of Jesus, those who confess in Jesus, to be filled and clothed with kindness. We're instructed to clothe ourselves with kindness. Now, if you sat down with someone and really, though, talked about kindness, most people, I would assert, are going to agree that kindness is a virtue. It's something that the world would be better uh, with if everyone was kind to each other. So people aren't going to argue with you about that. But there's a difference to asserting that kindness is indeed good and actually practicing kindness. And so our big question today is this. What inhibits any of us from clothing ourselves with kindness? What stops us from, from being the kind of kind people that we want to be? What's getting in the way of that? Well, there are a number of responses. I have a couple for you. First of all, sometimes we struggle with kindness because we, with, for others because we aren't kind with ourselves. Right? We may not feel that great about ourselves, and so this inhibits our ability to be kind to others. When we're, we can't be kind to ourselves, that, that challenges our ability to be kind to others. And so we have bad feelings about ourselves, or we really beat ourselves up about the way in which we're not the person we want to be. And by the way, I would assert that some kinds of Christianity actually uh, and, uh, exacerbate this. Because uh, we, we have a, a moral code, of course, and when we feel like we're not living up to that code, that means we, again, we start beating up on ourselves, and that makes us feel bad about ourselves, and when we're not kind to ourselves, it's hard to be kind to others. And so we struggle with being clothed with kindness to others because we aren't very kind to, kind to ourselves. We don't have a good feeling about ourselves. Uh, we also struggle with the ability to be clothed with kindness because people are annoying. You know what I'm talking about? People are annoying, and when people are annoying, it's hard to be kind to them. People are annoying. Newsflash, you're probably annoying. We're all annoying, right? We have things that we do that are annoying, and some of us are just inherently annoying, and it's hard to be kind to annoying uh, people. And so that's a, that's a big challenge, especially if you're tired, we're all overworked, we're, we're stressed out, we live in, in New York, and it's a hard place to, to, to live and get by, and so when you're faced with someone who is annoying, it's hard to be kind to them. And they may be struggling with being kind to you as well, because you also are annoying. And so <laughs> we're annoying. people are annoying. It's part of our, our problem, so that makes it difficult for us 
to express kindness and be kind to each other. Finally, we've got a perception. I think this is kind of not uniquely a New York trait, but something that is certainly a part of the New York experience. We've got this perception that kindness is uh, for losers or is for weakness. It's only the weak people who are kind. You gotta be tough. You gotta make it. You can't be kind. If you be kind, people are gonna perceive that you are weak or you're easy to uh, roll over. And so uh, we have a perception that we've got, even if we, <laughs> we, we feel like we should be kind, we, we can't show it. We gotta be uh, tough. And this reminds me of what Paul says in Romans chapter 12. Don't repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone if it is possible. As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Don't take revenge, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if that person who is against you is hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on their head. Don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So Paul is like, hey, this mentality of just being tough for tough's sake or in response to other people, that's not how you, uh, a follower of Jesus is supposed to operate. We are supposed to be kind. So we got to get over this idea that kindness equals weakness, but that's hard in a place like New York City where toughness is admired, certainly over uh, kindness. Finally, and as a, a little bonus, there's this issue of uh, we struggle with kindness because we imagine that somebody else will do the kind uh, thing for us. It's a phenomenon called the diffusion of responsibility, also known as the bystander effect. And this has uh, <laughs> been proven time and time again, and that is people are less uh, kind in their actions when they are in groups. So if you're in, a, if you're in the subway, and there's a bunch of people, but you see somebody being mistreated, you're much, more you're much less likely to, to help out if there are other people around. And the idea is that we all think, well, somebody else is gonna help. And so we always like, defer it to somebody, somebody else, right? It's, it's unusual for somebody in a group context to jump in and actually be helpful because we're always imagining somebody else is gonna be kind. And so all of these challenges affect our ability to act with kindness, and yet the Apostle Paul says that the follower of Jesus will be clothed with kindness. Will be clothed with kindness. So what do we do? How do we increase our kindness. Well, the internet has some ideas, of course. So I typed in, how do you become more kind? So this is from the internet. Here's how to be more kind according to the internet. Care for others genuinely. This is good advice. Care for others genuinely. Don't just pretend to care for others, but care for others uh, genuinely. That's great advice. Uh, secondly, don't be kind for the sake of just getting what you want. So don't be selfish in your kindness. Be intentional about being kind for kindness sake. This is good advice. This is good, right? Okay, be kind to yourself, all right? Be kind to yourself. Take it easy. Quit beating up on yourself. Be kind to yourself. And finally, the internet says, make a habit of focusing on kindness. Be intentional about working on being kind. I mean, thoughtful and reflecting and, 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 and meditating on kindness. And as we do that, the idea is that our kindness will increase. So this is great advice. And I could tell you, like, go, 
you know, we're called to be more kind, clothe yourself with kindness, take this advice and run with it. And this is good advice. The problem is it's insufficient to actually get the job done. Most of you already know these things. Okay, care for others generally, sure. I mean, if I could do that on our own, we would have already figured out and done it. This isn't new. The problem is actually implementing these plans to grow in the areas that we want to grow in this context in the, in the area of kindness is difficult. And so advice isn't enough for us. We don't just need advice. Advice is good, practices are good, but we need something more. And this is where Jesus comes into the picture. Jesus embodied kindness. There are a bunch of stories, of course, that uh, exemplify this. I think of Matthew chapter 8, when Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now, before there was COVID, uh, there was leprosy, right? So, you know, COVID, we have to wear a mask and we have to, you know, be afraid of the, somebody's going to breathe on us and because it's transmitted. And so we're, we're, you remember in the deep days of the pandemic, we were all like, you know, should I touch my mail? Remember that? Everybody was like, should I, do we have to clean my mail? And, and that whole thing, and we were, we were and it was real. There was a, a, a fear that this was going to be transmitted to us. Well, before COVID, there was leprosy, and people were afraid to, to, to touch a person who had leprosy because it was transmitted very easily. And if you touch someone with leprosy, you, you were likely to, to get it. Well, we read that a man with leprosy came and he knelt before Jesus and he said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man and said, I am willing, be clean. And immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. Jesus was kind to a man who probably had not received much kindness on his own. He touched this guy. Jesus embodied kindness. And he wasn't kind for his own benefit. In fact, sometimes Jesus' kindness got him in desperate trouble. In Luke chapter 13, we read this on a Sabbath. Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and couldn't straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, woman, you are set free from your infirmity. So Jesus, noticing a woman who has experienced uh, this, this uh, experience of being crippled and he calls her out and he's kind to her and he takes care of her and he solves a problem that nobody else could solve. And so he put her, his hands on her and immediately she straightened up and she praised God. But indignant were the religious leaders because Jesus had done this on a Sabbath day. So again, we see this issue where the religious leaders saw an act of kindness. This was not the first time this had happened. Saw an act of kindness that Jesus had done, but were angry because he had done this work on the Sabbath, which offended their moral code. But Jesus, we find, being kind even when it harmed his relationship with those in power. Jesus embodied kindness. And so... Uh, we have hope that because Jesus has accomplished what we find in, in, incredibly difficult when it comes to all of the fruit elements of the Spirit, but in particular this element of kindness, we have hope that because Jesus has accomplished what we find difficult or impossible in Jesus, 
we can be transformed and changed ourselves and gain new abilities that we do not inherently have. Because Jesus was kind, we can receive kindness ourselves. Titus, a little book in the end of the Bible, it describes it as this. When the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us. Not because of the righteous things that we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing and rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit when he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. Jesus' kindness in serving uh, others is not simply an example for us of how to live, but because Jesus was kind and because he was sacrificed and because he taught and died and rested and rose, we have hope that we can be rebooted and, and reframed with elements and, and powers and abilities that we do not inherently have. And so the idea is this, as we confess faith in Jesus, well, often it starts with, as we acknowledge the areas that we are not able to work in our own experience, it's called repentance, and turn and go a different way. Repentance, Jesus and John, his, his uh, cousin, both called for repentance. Recognize the ways in which you're headed in the wrong direction. Recognize the inabilities that you have in your own life, that's repentance. And then confess faith in the work of God through the Lord Jesus. As you confess faith that when Jesus died and rested and rose again, something happened, then God's spirit is able to come into you and give you uh, an upgrade, if you will, all right? So you're missing the inherent programming that you have to be kind, to be loving, to be joyful, all those uh, elements that are described in Galatians 5 and Colossians 3. We're, we're missing the actual ability to do those things. And so as we repent and as we confess faith in Jesus, God is able to uh, give us a new, a new program to upgrade us, to have abilities that we don't ha inherently have. And then he reboots us. And as we reboots us, we are made alive with new abilities, the spirit. These are fruit of the Spirit. This is not something that we inherently have, it's something that comes from God, and it is enabled because of the death and resurrection of Jesus. And so as we repent and we confess faith, God is able to work in us, and as he works in us, we can grow in love and joy and peace and kindness. Ephesians 2 says this, God raised us up with Christ Jesus. God rebooted us because of the work of Christ Jesus. God raised us up with Christ Jesus and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in the kindness of Christ Jesus. God is kind. God is inherently kind. He wants to give his kindness to us. It's not something that we're going to come up with on our, on, our, on our own. As we repent and we confess faith in this God, God is able to give us that which we don't have on our own. 
to give us kindness. And so today, if you're thinking to yourself, wow, this is challenging, I should be clothed with kindness, I believe in the Lord Jesus, I want to experience, uh, have the experience of being more kind in my experience, maybe you've recognized that when you, you know, you, you, you're kind around uh, people who you like, but when you go to work, you're a different person, you know? I don't know if some of you have that experience, like it's all, on Sabbath morning, you're very kind. Oh, go, go before me. Go, please. <laughs> you, you take the first plate at the fellowship meal. You're very kind. But you go to work on Monday and it's a different person, <laughs> right? Because you got to be tough. Well, if you recognize, as, as I do, that God is calling us to be clothed with kindness seven days a week, not just one day a week, but that's a little depressing because you can't conjure that kindness up on your own, there is good news that in Jesus, we have hope that we've been upgraded and rebooted and given power that we don't inherently have. And so, as we confess faith today, as you confess faith today, may God start working in you to give you power to be kind, to be clothed with kindness. Doesn't the world need more kind people? Imagine, imagine if you grow in kindness, what that's gonna mean for those you work with, for those you interact with on the street. If you become known as that is a kind person, imagine a community that is full of kind people. The world is longing for the kindness of Jesus, and he can give us that today. May he do that in you and me today.